Welcome to the special presentation of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. From St. Joseph Cathedral, the diocesan-wide Lenten retreat led by Father Michael Kelly. A downloadable retreat guide is available by clicking on the Holy Week banner at stgabrielradio.com. We now go to St. Joseph Cathedral. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Hello, everybody. My name is Father Michael Kelly. I am uh, going to walk with you the next few days in this little retreat for the diocese. Uh, I am stationed at the Pontifical College Josephinum. I'm the spiritual director there for the School of Theology. I am originally from uh, the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, and I'm here on loan to work at the seminary and another great perk I have in being here in Columbus is I get to come to this cathedral to work with the priests here on Saturday or Sunday and the people here too. So I'm very happy to pray with you and walk with you during these next few days. Okay, yesterday, Bishop, uh, Bishop Brennan asked us to please focus and center in on Jesus and this week. 
So that's what we're going to try to do and look at this, this Holy Week as a gift. I know that sounds funny, but we're going to look at it as a gift as to how we can grow closer to the Lord and the Lord can help us grow closer to Him. So as we enter these days of retreat into Holy Week, we pause now for a moment of silence to reflect on our sins and on our needs. And we ask our loving Lord for His forgiveness, His healing, and the direction that we need in our lives at this time. Lord Jesus, you healed and comforted the sick. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord Jesus, you forgave sinners. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord Jesus, you gave yourself to heal us and bring us strength. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring all of us to everlasting life. Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty and eternal God, our refuge in every danger, to whom we turn in our distress, in faith we pray, look with compassion on the afflicted, grant eternal rest to the dead, comfort to mourners, healing to the sick, peace to the dying, strength to health care workers, wisdom to our leaders, and the courage to reach out to all in love, so that together we may give glory to your holy name. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Our reading from Scripture might sound familiar to you because it's the gospel from yesterday, Palm Sunday, Not so much the passion of Matthew, but the gospel that was used at the beginning of Mass to bless the Holy Palm. It's Matthew 21, verses 1 to 11. When Jesus and the disciples drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find an ass tethered and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them here to me. And if anyone should say anything to you, reply, The Master has need of them. Then he will send them at once. This happened so that what had been spoken through the prophet might be fulfilled. Say to daughter Zion, Behold, your king comes to you, meek and riding on an ass and on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did as Jesus had ordered them. They brought the ass and the colt and laid their cloaks over them, and he sat upon them. The very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and strewed them on the road. The crowds preceding him and those following kept crying out and saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was shaken and asked, Who is this? And the crowds replied, This is Jesus, the prophet, from Nazareth in Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, you, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Okay, just to uh, maybe give a quick review as to what we're going to try to do here. Uh, The theme of the week for our little retreat, our mission, is the gift of Holy Week. And today, 
we're going to look at our response to this particular Holy Week because of everything that we're dealing with as regards to the coronavirus and all the restrictions and regulations that seem to be maybe pulling us down a bit. But you might ask the question, why are we calling this theme the gift of Holy Week? How can this week be a gift to us with everything that's happening all over the world, not just here to us in in Columbus and and to our own country, but everywhere? Well, if we try to look at this gospel that we just proclaimed from yesterday's uh, Palm Sunday Mass, and again, it's Matthew's gospel, chapter 21, verses 1 to 11, and I'm going to look at another gospel, the gospel from today. So if, if you had to uh, time to attend Mass via the radio or television today. That gospel is John chapter 12, 1 to 11. But let's first look at this Palm Sunday gospel of yesterday when we see Jesus sends his two disciples ahead of him. He tells his two disciples who are nameless that they will find a donkey. They are to untie the donkey and bring that donkey to him. And should anyone ask by what authority they're doing, they are doing this, They are to respond, and this is important, the master has need of them. So they find the donkey, the owners. uh, Now, it's it's different in Matthew. Matthew's gospel is a little bit different from Mark and Luke's with this scene in it. Uh, In Mark and Luke, there's a little discussion that goes back and forth between the owners of the donkey and the two disciples. But here in Matthew, it seems to be not not mentioned. But we're going to look at that because that's key for us as to what we want to see. So they give, um, as these two disciples uh, go and get the, uh, the donkey, uh, they, they take, they're, told, they're challenged by the owners in the other two Gospels. But as they're challenged, when the owners ask them, and we don't know if the owners are a single person, a man or a woman, a couple, a family, but the donkey belongs to the owners, obviously. And the disciples go to take the donkey, and the owners ask, why are you doing this? And they give the answer, that they were given by Jesus. The master is in need. So right away, the owners give over the donkey. And the two disciples are allowed to carry out their mission. They bring it back to Jesus. And the little donkey becomes famous because Jesus gets on him and begins to ride in to Jerusalem. This is all very biblical, the symbolism with Jesus and the palms and the, the donkey and the cloaks and the Hosanna, and the blessed be, you know, the son of David. It's all very biblical that it's been a, the fulfillment of prophecies from long ago about the Messiah who would come into Jerusalem, who would return, who would come back. The power of God would come back into Jerusalem, and it's going to be through Jesus. But we need to pause on this gospel in that particular, what I call a funny scene, because the owners of the donkey automatically, on the spot, give up the donkey to the, to the, to the two disciples. And that's something the Holy Week is about because we see that half to, the, the disciples, sorry, the, the um, owners, okay, they had to be close to Jesus because in order when they heard the master is in need, they gave over the donkey immediately. Now I need you to pause for a moment on that and even make it a little bit more interesting. If we were all here for Palm Sunday Mass yesterday, and the place is packed, okay? And behind the cathedral here, there are two parking lots. There's one right out back, and then one about two blocks away. Now, let's say after Mass, you walk back to the parking lot to get your car, and you see me there 
in your car. I've broken into your car, didn't break anything, because there's a way you can do that without breaking anything. And you see me sitting in your front seat under the steering column, and I'm hot wiring your car, and I'm going to take it to use it for something I need to use it for. And then you come up to the car, and you see me, and you say, hey, what are you doing? And I say, oh, it's okay. The master is in need. Okay, would you give me your car on the spot? Because I say the master is in need. Okay, I don't think you would. I think you get your little iPhone out and dial 911 and call the police, and rightly so, say there's a guy breaking into my car. But that's why there's something special about this scene with the two disciples and the owners of the donkey. Because as soon as the owners hear that the master, the Lord, Jesus, is in need, they give over this precious item, their donkey, to the disciples for Jesus to use to enter into Jerusalem. And you see, in that, that's an invitation of Holy Week because the Lord asks us to give of our, not so much donkey, but to give of ourselves, our time, our precious time to be with him on Palm Sunday, Holy Thursday, the Chrism Mass, Holy Thursday, the Mass of the Lord's Supper, the, God, the Good Friday service of the Lord's Passion, Stations of the Cross perhaps, Holy Saturday, Easter Sunday. These are intimate, powerful ceremonies of Holy Week that we've always held and are very traditional and beautiful that help us with God and helps God communicate with us. So we have to ask that question from that reflection of yesterday's gospel. What can I give up? What can I selflessly give of myself in the midst of the horror, the darkness, the unknown, the chaos of this virus that's hitting all of us in some way, shape, or form? Okay, now put that story on hold. So we have the two disciples, the donkey, the owners, and the owners giving the disciples the donkey for Jesus. If you're at Mass today, the gospel was, for Monday of Holy Week, the gospel was John chapter 12, verses 1 to 11. Now, I'm not going to proclaim that gospel to you. I'm just going to quickly give it to you. Jesus comes to the home of Lazarus and Martha and Mary. And as he comes to the home, uh, he's coming there to relax with them. They are friends of his. He stops there every once in a while to hang his hat, to relax, to get away from everything and to enjoy the beauty of the friendship he has with the three of them. As he enters the home, which is the custom, okay, someone usually comes and gives a bowl of water or a basin of water, a bowl and a pitcher and towels and cleans the person's feet and hands. That's Jewish hospitality, that was, as was in our Lord's time. As he comes into the house, something different takes place because Mary, not, not his mother, it's Mary of Bethany, who's the sister of Lazarus and Martha, Mary comes over to Jesus and uses her best perfume and her hair, and she washes the feet of Jesus and dries his feet with her hair. Now, we might think that's kind of strange, but she did this. She gave of herself, she gave something very personal of herself, her own perfume, her top-shelf perfume, as it kind of is described in the gospel, and then also her hair, her long, beautiful hair she used to dry, wash and dry, clean his feet. So maybe you can see now the connection between the owners of the donkey and Mary of Bethany. The owners, as we saw, give the donkey for Jesus to enter into Jerusalem. Mary of Bethany gives her 
top-shelf perfume from the aromatic nard and her hair to clean the feet of Jesus to make him feel welcome. These are things of herself. She freely gives to Jesus as he is in need to be made welcome. So the question now for us for this first day of our retreat is how can we, as Bishop Brennan pointed out yesterday, we need to focus, we need to center on Jesus for this week. So our reflection question is how can I, how can we focus on Jesus? In what way? And even though, even though this virus is like hitting us, what can I do? What can I give of myself to grow closer to Jesus? What can I give of myself that will help him, the master, the Lord, who is in need? And what's his need? His need is he wants to, he desires to love us, to give that over to us. And how can we participate in that? How can we approach that? How can we meet him this week in the midst of all the rules and regulations, okay, with the virus, everything shut down, both church and state have given us rules and regulations that we have to follow to stay healthy, to help others become healthy again. And we're all called to do this together. But how can we look on our Holy Week as a gift in the midst of all, in the midst of all these restrictions and challenges? Okay, well, here's another couple examples that might help. Okay, we need to look for ideas. and We have to be creative in our heart and our minds. We have to pray on that. But here's two quick examples that might help us respond to this particular Holy Week, how we can stop and think of ways to participate. If any of you play the game of hockey, okay, if you've ever played against a goalie, now I played years ago against, my brother had a team, and I was in the seminary at that time, so I couldn't play with them. But I scrimmaged with them and I practiced with them. And when I'd be home from my seminary duties, I would practice with my brother in the basement. He was a goalie and I was a shooter. I was an offensive lineman. He was the goalie. So we'd clear the whole basement and we'd have the long aisle from between the end, one end of the building of the, the room to the other end. And he'd be at his net, have his mask on, his pads, his big hockey stick. And I'd stand at the other end opposite him and I would tease him. I would take the puck and just dance with it back and forth and back and forth. But then eventually I had to make my run down to where he was. And as I'm approaching, as anybody knows who plays hockey, okay, uh, you, you, when you approach the net, you look for an opening. You look for a space that the goalie is not protecting. And that's kind of tough to do because the goalie moves back and forth. A good goalie will lock his feet on each of the posts and just try to move around and not give you a loophole or a space. But as the, as the shooter comes closer, he looks for a spot. He looks for the loophole, looks for the opening, and you shoot the puck. And hopefully, the puck goes by the goalie, through the space, by him, and hits the net. And then I would go, yes. And my brother would go, no. And say some other words that I'm not going to use here in the cathedral, okay? But the point is, there's the loophole. There's the space. There's that opening that you have to take the puck and shoot it into so you get the goal, so you score. Or, in the world of baseball, you come up to the plate with your bat, you're the batter, you're standing there, you check the field out, and you look for an opening in the field. Maybe somebody in the outfield is goofing off, he's waving the people in the crowd, he has friends up there in the stands, and he's not watching, not watching the ball or the batter or the pitcher. And maybe you see a shortstop and a third baseman not standing where they should stand. There's a gap there. 
So the first pitch comes and you take it. Next pitch comes and you swing hard to the left because that's where the hole is. That's where the opening is. And you, it goes out. It goes between the shortstop and the third baseman out into left field. And that guy's not paying attention to the left fielder. So all of a sudden he, he realizes just for split seconds, but that helps you. He has to run and get the ball. And you're running down towards first base. But you're sharp enough to see he was slow. So your foot touches the inside of the first base and you head for second and you slide in and you get a double. And the guy's only picking the ball up to throw it to the second baseman at that time. So again, you've found the opening. You've found the space. You put the baseball there and you got on second base. Okay, that's what we have to do this week. We are isolated in our homes. We cannot come to the beautiful cathedral. You cannot go to your beautiful parishes wherever you live. And we all miss that. We hunger for that. We're hurting for that. Yet there's some people who, for whatever reason, have left the faith and their hearts are hard. And this time might not not even affect them, but still their hearts are hard and this is a time where Holy Week can give great graces. So we need to stop and kind of look at our own homes, your apartments, your homes, wherever you live. And we need to think of a loophole. We need to find a loophole. We need to find a space. We need to find an opening to make the place sacred. So as an example now, be creative. Use your minds and your hearts. Pray with this and think in your own houses, your own apartments. Do I have an attic? Do I have a basement? Do I have an extra room? Is there a certain part in our living room that we can make a prayer corner? Make it a sacred space. Can you get a table, a coffee table, a TV table, a bigger table, and decorate it? Put it in a corner. Put, if it was yesterday, if it was Palm Sunday, you'd use red because red was the equal color for yesterday. If it's this week, it'd be purple, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Thursday, Holy Thursday, either morning or night, those two masses are, are happy masses the blessing of the chrism, blessing of the oil for the sick, blessing of the oil for the catechumens. Okay, decorate it white. And same thing for the night mass, the mass of the Lord's Supper and the procession with the Eucharist that we were accustomed to in churches or cathedrals. But make it white and gold then. And on the table, same thing for Holy Saturday and Easter, white and gold. Okay, Good Friday is red, if you could put a red cloth on there. But on the table, I'd recommend, suggest if you can, get a crucifix. Put the crucifix dead center on the table. Get two candles. Uh, And you might say, Father, we can't even go to church and get blessed candles. Well, it's okay. I think we can dispense from the blessed candles and use whatever candles you might have home, even Christmas candles, birthday candles, Yankee candles, any candles you can get a hold of, and put one on each side of the cross or on each end of the table, or possibly your Bible if you don't have a crucifix, or an icon of Jesus on Palm Sunday, an icon of Jesus on Good Friday, an icon of him rising from the dead on, on the weekend. All right, think, use, use our hearts and our minds to decorate the sacred space, to make it holy for our own homes and for our own families. And also, and I know we don't want to break any rules or regulations, but if there's people we live near who are more isolated than we are and we know that that fear is hurting them, is there something we can do? Can we help them maybe decorate make a holy altar, a holy space, a prayer corner for them in their house? Can we invite them in our house and keep social distancing? Can we do that? Are there ways we can still obey the rules and yet find a loophole and a space to make a sacred space, a sacred place, a sacred time? 
And also we're blessed because many, many people have been working very hard. St. Gabriel's Radio, any live stream churches that have live stream masses or devotions or adoration here at the cathedral. The diocese is trying to do all kinds of things to make it come into your home through TV, through live stream, through radio. And you might say, oh, it's not the same, Father. It's not the same as going to church. You're right. It's not the same as going to church. But we are up against an enemy right now that is causing a lot of havoc. And we need the Lord this week. We need to meet him. We need, as Bishop said, we need to focus on him and center in on him. Despite the fact, or because of, this virus, we need the Lord's help. We need to make our homes little places of prayer and solitude and worship via the TV, the live stream, radio. And so if the person who I was talking about isolated, they don't know how to use a computer, maybe you could teach them. Maybe you could get an extra computer and laptop and show them what to do. Or over the phone, direct them, walk them through it so all of a sudden there's the picture of your pastor and your priest in your church or here at the cathedral or any church, you know, Catholic church, your, your, your custom that you visit, that you pray at. Call them, email them. They'll give you the information. People work so hard to make that happen so that we can have our services brought to our homes. So just think about that. Think about your own homes, your own apartments right now. Where can we make little chapels, little prayer corners, little prayer spaces so that we can worship with our bishop, with your priests, with your pastors, with anybody who is going to be somehow giving these devotions to us through the media. So in summing up, we just want to stop, and I'm going to give you a little bit of spiritual homework here. If we could please maybe just uh, say a decade of the rosary after we're done here at this little service to yourself. And ask the Blessed Mother, ask Our Lady to help you and me create this sacred space, this sacred place in our homes. So that with that, and in conjunction with the radio, the TV, the live streaming, the laptops, we can experience the gift of what Holy Week is all about. And we can survive and live and enjoy and celebrate this particular Holy Week that is challenging for all of us. So let us take a moment then after our prayers today here to go to Our Lady and just say, like I said, a decade of rosary. That's your spiritual homework, your spiritual exercise for today. And be open to what she might say back to you and me as to where we can set something up, where we can find that loophole, like when the hockey player goes to shoot against the goalie, when the baseball player comes up and looks for that spot. Where is that spot in our homes, our apartments, where we live, that we can make a prayerful place, a place where we can grow in this Holy Week and experience the gift that Jesus himself wishes to give to each of us.
Friends, in this time of the Lord's Passion, when Christ offered prayers and supplications to his Father, with loud cries and tears, let us humbly beseech God that in answer to his Son's reverent submission, he may in mercy hear our prayers also. For our Holy Father, Pope Francis, and our Bishop Robert, that the Lord may guide and direct them to be good shepherds in this time of challenge. We pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord, hear our prayer. For our government and civil leaders, that they follow the Lord's wisdom for the well-being of their people, we pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord, hear our prayer. For doctors, nurses, caregivers, police officers, firefighters, EMTs, volunteers, priests and chaplains, cleaners, and so many others who are ministering to the sick, the dying, and their families, that the Lord will continue to bless them in their works. We pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord, hear our our prayer. For the men and women of science and medicine who are desperately searching for a cure to this virus, we pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord, hear hear our our prayer. prayer. For the victims known or unknown of the coronavirus, for those frozen in fear because of it, may deliverance and healing come soon. We pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord, hear our prayer. prayer. For all those who suffer consequences of the current pandemic, that the good Lord grant health to the sick, strength to those who care for them, comfort to their families, and salvation to all the victims who have died. We pray to the Lord. Lord, Lord, hear hear our our prayer. And now together we pray as Jesus has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation always and everywhere, to give you thanks. For in a wonderful way, you gave the Blessed Virgin Mary a special share in the mystery of pain. She now shines radiantly as a sign of health, of healing, and of divine hope for the sick who call on her patronage. To all who look up to her in prayer, she is the model of perfect acceptance of your will and of wholehearted conformity with Christ, who, out of love for us, endured our weakness and bore our sufferings. We ask you now, Father, through her intercession, for the hope, courage, and direction that we all seek at this time, through Christ your Son, our Lord. Amen. My friends, may the Lord be with you. And with your spirit. 
And may Almighty God bless you and your families, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We go now in the peace of Christ. Thanks Thanks. be to God.
Thank you for joining us for this special presentation of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio, the diocesan-wide Lenten retreat led by Father Michael Kelly. If you'd like to download a copy of this retreat or listen to it later, please visit stgabrielradio.com and go to the special features archive.